how powerful this morning. <laughs> I could have just stayed right there and just enjoyed all the just staying before God in his presence. So we don't want to leave that place at all. However, I do want to show you my glasses. <laughs> do I have them on here? I can't see the light, so last week I was speaking at a church, and these lights were on, and people were just kind of just staring at me kind of weirdly, and, I, and I'm like, man, they're really looking at me kind of strange, but what it was is I bought these because I lost the lens in my glasses, and so I had to have something that I could see as a reader, but I couldn't see those little lights, so... But these are pretty cool, so if you want some, they're at Walgreens, and you can buy them. <laughs> I just thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> yeah, flames of fire. Now, that would be neat if there was flames, but my hair would catch flames, and then <laughs> that'd be another story. <laughs> so anyway, the Lord is so good. The Lord is so good. I just, you know, I, I was at home, and I, I got to tell you, the beginning, I started DSSM, um, I don't even know when, because I don't know what day it is yet. Um, but I started DSSM, and I remember one of the things that happened to me in DSSM was I just got set free of fear. And go ahead and clap. That's all right. <laughs> Giving it to him. One of the things that happened is as I began to be, as I was, it wasn't like I began to be. and It was like I had lived with this fear for so long that it was such a partner, I didn't realize it was a partnership there. And so when it lifted, I started looking for it. It's strange because you get into abusive relationships and you become accustomed to being in that abuse, which is what the enemy tries to set us up so that we are all messed up and we don't really get to walk in that full freedom, but what a liar he is because of all that Jesus did. But when I, um, when I, found that freedom was inside of me kind of boiling up, you know, and so I started desiring challenge to go to next levels. The thing was is that it was like a wildfire. I wasn't sure. It was like a brand new baby with all these new little things to play with and all these little new toys that I'd never tried before and I wanted to go here, I wanted to go there, I wanted to do this and we're in a lockdown or we're in a uh, you know, held stay still position. So I had to just ask the Lord, what do I do with this time? I'm antsy and I wanna, and I started looking at everything. I mean, my mind changed about so many things that I was afraid of that I didn't even know I was afraid of before. But when I started to get ready for preparing for this message, I started looking for that fear. It had been a while, because I am always terrified. I'm terrified when I sing, I'm terrified when I, I mean, because it was such a partnership. And then when I, uh, and so it holds you back, because you don't even know you're held, because you think that's your norm. So I got up and I said, man, I, how do I get the, the, the heart of this thing if I don't have that part of me that's just going, you're terrified. What I felt was more anxious excitement and, and just drama. I don't even know why I'm excited about everything. I wrote probably 96 pages. You should never let me have that long ever again to have to think about a message. I just wrote and wrote and wrote, and I was so excited. And then I said, God, yesterday I was like, man, I've been so busy. I haven't had time to hone all this stuff in. God, what do you want me to speak? What message do I bring? And he let me know that you're living the message. This is the message that I want you to bring. 
I'm not trying to be a pastor in the sense that I am uh, like the three-point sermon person. The testimony is what I kept hearing God always tell me that I'm to bring. And this morning when it started with the testimonies, I knew that that's because God is, he always strategically places us right where we belong. Every one of us has a testimony. And this is a season of harvest. It's the season. And I'm not saying it's a season because last time wasn't a season and the time. You know, it's because this season that you are living is the season of harvest for you. What will you do with this season? And then the, my kids and their generation and whoever's going to be here after, that's going to be their season. But I don't know if they're going to have as great a season as we're going to have because there's such a power, power-filled opportunity to bring back something that was being stolen from us in the 70s. You know, there was a movement happening when I used to see people walking around telling people about Jesus. And then I don't care where you went, Jesus, it was on the walls, it was everywhere. And I just remember everywhere I went, I'm going to run into a Jesus person. And I had to know if I had to cross the street, should I lock my door and shut it? Because here they come. And neighbors were looking. They knew, oh, here they come. All the kids going to the house because you knew, here come the Jesus people. They're going to tell you. And they weren't terrifying. They really carried a presence of God that was really beautiful. But an attack started to happen to the people that were um, in the Jesus movement. Media became involved and started to tear down the character in front of everyone for the people of God. And the Christians, I think, began to shy away from proclaiming the name of Jesus out loud. And then all of a sudden, places and buildings changed things. And we're in a season like that right now, when everything wants to silence that name of Jesus. But that is the name that has power to deliver, set free, heal, raise the dead. And we saw an example of that this morning, didn't we? Um, I want to read my scripture because, because I've got these glasses and we don't know what I'll be seeing when I'm looking through them. I'm going to read my scripture now. Debbie, if you could put that scripture up this morning for me. And I just wanted to encourage you to just ask the Lord during this time what he wants to do with your heart during this harvest. Because we all have something to do. And all of the jobs may look different, but they all in the end have the same bottom line that we will tell the good news that Jesus has brought the kingdom to earth. We're waiting for it to get here. He's already come. Now guess where we are? We're here. And because Jesus is coming, he's already done it, then people can come up and get saved. They can be in the parking lot and accept Jesus. A sick person can be somewhere and be healed. And we're going to tell you a little bit about that. Um, Debbie, if you can put that up for me. I'm going to look at your words instead of my own. So Jesus summoned together his 12 apostles and imparted to them authority over every demon and the power to heal every disease. Hallelujah. Then he commissioned them to preach God's kingdom realm and to heal the sick to demonstrate that the kingdom had arrived. As he sent them out, he gave them these instructions. So I'm going to skip there right now. So Jesus sent them out, sent out the disciples and sent them into the highways and the byways and told them to take a gospel message 
to the people, and that was that the kingdom was here. He told them, he empowered them with the authority to cancel out demonic spirits, anything that was um, just not in the kingdom of God, which would have been sickness or anything. I think when I was little, I thought salvation was all about just getting saved, just saying, I'm saved, and I did. I got saved about once a week for about a year. You know, I accepted Jesus every week because every week there was a new message and it was such a powerful thing. I'm like, I want some of that. So I jumped in and got saved every time the opportunity so I could get a little piece of whatever that was being preached, whatever message brought the gospel message. And I don't think that we all understood that all of that was the gospel message. We kind of put one part together, took that part. And because we only took the one portion, sometimes we didn't walk in power with our message. So as, time, as years went on, I would see all these ministers, all these people that were going out, taking the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and I would ask them, hey, uh, what did Jesus say? And they all had something different to say, but they all had one central message, and that was that Jesus is Lord, Jesus died, gave his life for you, that he resurrected again, and that he's coming again. And in my heart, it resonated all the years as a little girl growing up into an adulthood where one day I accepted Jesus Christ after a real traumatic thing. And I've probably told many of you about that. But I want to encourage you that the story that's laying inside of me may have been very traumatic and maybe yours was kind of quiet and, and you just, uh, oh, I'm going to accept Jesus today because he's pretty cool. I think I like this religion. Whatever may have caused your heart to come focus in the gospel message. The Holy Spirit was the one, the same one that drew you. So first of all, how did we end up, uh, the message of the harvest is a simple message. What I'm telling you, anybody could tell you that knows anything about the ABCs of Jesus Christ. But I think I don't hear this message very often. And I think we need to tell the message. So I'm going to go over a few things. First of all, sin is the reason that we need Jesus. In the very, very beginning, Adam and Eve were placed in a garden. And when I used to read about them, I thought, oh, they ate an apple, and I was scared to eat the apple, you know, because I'm thinking, what kind of apple did they eat that messed them up so bad that, you know, it separated them, and angels had to guard this gate, you know, that was Sunday school. So I started to really just ask God, show me what happened with Adam and Eve so I can understand. And I don't know if that was all the way necessary, but one day I just had a vision of just them in the garden. Before they were in the garden, there was chaos and there was darkness. But then when God had said, let there be light, and he placed all this beauty in the land, he placed Adam and Eve. They had never seen chaos. They had never seen darkness. They'd never seen all the difficulty or death or they knew none of that. And so when he placed them there, he told them, well, make sure you don't eat from the tree. You can eat anything you want. You got everything. I give you all of that. You have dominion over everything, but don't eat from that tree that's over there. And one day Eve, being deceived by the serpent, went over and decided to eat that anyway. She didn't listen to the one who created her, who told her who she could trust the promise. All of a sudden, she didn't trust and was deceived and even gave to her husband. Jesus began, I mean, sorry, 
Adam and Eve covered themselves with clothing because they started to see they knew something they didn't used to know. They knew suddenly about darkness. Something was wrong. And whatever was wrong caused sin to come into the land, and it was all over. So that meant that it was all in their DNA, all in their bone structure, everything. And God said to them in Genesis 2, I need to move them out of here because if they eat from the tree of life, then what will happen is they'll live forever in the state and the condition that they're in. So God moved them out of the garden and put an angel there. And what I used to think of was of God being mean to Adam and Eve. I realize now it was the mercy of God that moved them out of the garden so they would not remain in a state that would have perpetually become more evil, more evil, more evil. And then God made a way for them to have redemption. Hallelujah. As I began to understand uh, the goodness of God, and that's in Genesis 2, I got to tell you, the whole book is the gospel. Everything I was reading in the Bible from the beginning to end, it always starts with the story of a God that loves us, and then at the end, a God that loves us. There's nowhere in between God's mercy is not there. But you have to learn that God is good in order to want to tell that gospel message out there. Or you won't tell it. You'll tell it with this reserved thing. you got to have the right shoes, the right clothes, the right hair. And so here I am, this young lady, when I was um, accepting Jesus, and I still had all this mindset that God loves me if I can get this right. And I knew he loved me. But that also meant I translated that to others. He loves them, but they got to get this right. And sometimes every once in a while, I still trip over that, you know, because that was so ingrained. And I can't wait to the day that's lifted out all the way where I don't think that way. So I wouldn't put on lipstick. I got on two different color fingernail polishes. Let me tell you, that was a serious sin. When I was growing up, I got thrown out of a church for my toenail showing one time. And I remember thinking that, you know, I can't do this. I don't know how to walk this thing out. And so my heart desire when I got saved and I was set free, God lifted junk out of my heart so much. Just like that fear thing, he lifted it out so much that I went country line dancing. I, in my neighborhood, you shouldn't do that. But... But I was, my kids know, sorry guys, I'm telling on me. <laughs> but I went country line dancing and I went to a, to a group of people who had, were Pentecostal and they didn't believe in dancing at all except when you're in the Holy Spirit in front of a church. And I went there and I said, have you ever done this? And I started doing the dance. And let me tell you, they were looking at me and I could feel the stares like, I hate you. You are full of demons. I could feel all of that stuff. But the young people that were there, they were looking at me going, hmm, there's some life in that lady right there. Next thing I know, we had a bunch of people doing country line dancing and a bunch of people going to church, a bunch of people just getting saved, and they were radical. Do you understand? The freedom of God does not have these limits. But, and I'm not here to put down any church. Don't ever think it. But the freedom of God, when it came over me, it was like, I don't know what happened to everything else. The spark of life that came in me was DNA. It went through my blood and my veins. It was canceling out all the curse that came from Adam and Eve. I no longer 
was full of sin. Now, now I got to learn because of my flesh how to adjust some stuff. But let me tell you, I'm free. Are you free today? One of the things that happens to us when we get, when we get this revelation from God is that we want more. We want more. We don't just want it for ourselves. We love so much that we see people and we see that there's a destiny. One of the things that's really hard to hear for us as Christians is that people die and go to hell. That's a very difficult message to listen to. But we have to remember it because if we don't remember it, we'll get comfortable and not even tell the gospel message to people. One day I was um, in a car at the time with my husband then, and we were driving and there was a car accident and a lady was thrown from the car, almost killed at the scene, but she didn't die yet. And we went over and I prayed and he began to tell the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to her and led her to the Lord right there and she passed away right there. At the time, it didn't seem, it's, you know, you're devastated because of the death. But then she accepted Jesus. So he knew what time it was and allowed the mercy of God. Where's Christina? Christina, the mercy of God was with you. That's why you were with that man. She was with someone who passed away similar this week. You're never alone the Holy Spirit is right there, and he's paying attention. He calls in. When you take that word, that gospel word of Jesus Christ to people, then he will hone that thing in and pull it forward. It will not go void. So if I tell the message gospel to you, to my children, then I have confidence that someone, something is going to meet them and pull that message. You may be getting ready to jump off of a cliff. And right at the edge of that cliff, you're already in the fall. But God is very capable of keeping you. Now, not only can he deliver you from the fall, he can deliver you so that you can hear the gospel message and be changed in a moment. And you may not physically get out of that, but you can spiritually be okay with God. That's what we're taking to the people. We're taking the message because Jesus has commanded it. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. In which you used to live, I should put my glasses on, y'all. I don't know if I need the lights on, though. That's it. As for you, you were dead for, in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the rulers of the kingdom of the air. And I did. I went out and I partied. I hung out. And I can't talk about you. I can talk about Paul and I can talk about all those, but I can't tell you the emotional draw to it. The reason I like testimony is because I walked through tough stuff and had to find Jesus, the real good Jesus that was good to me, and really understand that he loved me so much. And that was hard for me to comprehend. And so I am amazed that God delivered me. So I lived in sin. I went out, I hung out, I did all kinds of things. I didn't do drugs, thank God, because I would have been kind of kooky if I had done something like that. Some people, they do stuff and they might escape it, but I already knew I wouldn't have escaped well with that one. God delivered me from that. Well, anyway, I was out and I remember just being at a club one night and somebody coming up to me going, uh-uh, you're not supposed to be here. There's an angel over you and scared the daylights out of me. I took off and left out of that place. And I just remembered everywhere I went, those messages that I heard when I was a little girl that I kept accepting Jesus every week. 
the messages of my grandmother, all those things were just coming back because she did not care if I didn't want to hear what she was saying. She didn't care, and the gospel people that were walking around two by two didn't care if I didn't want to hear it. They didn't care if I felt uncomfortable. They told me anyway, and those words constantly came up, and they became like a flood. They just kept boiling until one day I boiled over with nothing but the gospel of Jesus. All of us also live among them at one time. We were all out there. It wasn't just me. Okay, I'm just making sure y'all know that. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. And that's what the gospel message is. We were supposed to because we were related to Adam and Eve and the sin that they passed down through the earth. We were supposed to have died in our sin. We were supposed to be full of sickness and death and all that stuff. Jesus came, and because of that, we were delivered from that. Do you know... If I was Jesus, I don't think I would have come from such a beautiful place. I probably would have started stuff over again. I can't fathom the goodness of God's love that he would redeem me, that he would redeem me. Thank you, God. Thank you. Can you fathom that? But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace that we have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, and I'm reading through 10, and I don't have a lot of time, so I want to just kind of express. If you were with us yesterday and you went to Veterans Come Home, I want you to stand up. And I know a lot of people are already on their way to, um, to travel because we had a lot of people. I kind of want you to look around at these guys. If you have an experience there with someone at Veterans Coming Home yesterday, if you had a healing, I want you to raise your hand. If you had a salvation message, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you have a different, something different with someone? Got a chance to love on people. I want you to see the people that went out today. Go ahead, guys, sit down. The people who went out and they took the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, you guys can see the pictures. The gospel of Jesus Christ to the homeless people. Some of them are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. They allowed us to come in and take the message of Jesus in that location. In the beginning, they didn't trust us, really. We came and there was people coming, they were kind of, you know, here comes another church. And, and they were talking to us and all that kind of thing. But yesterday I heard a lady say, when you come there, and she was talking about us from Spring. He says, when you come, there is a breath of fresh air. And she said it twice. And the reason she was saying it is because she felt life, relationship. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is life and relationship and discipleship, and that's why we have our small group leaders and the people who are here just declaring that you're family. I heard Christy this morning tell someone, you're family, and the goodness of God follows them, and we encourage. But I want to encourage you to take this gospel message to people. Um, my heart, if I could be out there telling people about Jesus that would be my number one. 
I can tell you guys in here, and a lot of you already know this, and somebody might be in here who does not know that, didn't know this story. I've actually met someone who didn't, had never heard of Jesus before, so I never take that for granted. If you're in here today and you want to know about Jesus, don't miss the opportunity to bring, to let your heart, and if you haven't already done it, because let me tell you, there was some ministry going on here today. The testimonies of goodness of God, people whose hearts were lost, maybe they felt like ending their life, but God met them anyway. I want to finish reading this part before I go. Um, I did rush a little bit, but it was worth it what God was doing today in here. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Jesus. In order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved. It's by grace. Through faith, this is not from ourselves. It is a gift from God. It costs nothing for salvation. Jesus is the cost. You don't have to pay anything. Now, the works you get rewards for, if you go do some stuff, you'll get your rewards. And there's no killing that. We love the rewards. And to be able to cast the crown at Jesus' feet, you know, with some good diamonds in it, because we went out and told people about Jesus, that's awesome. But it doesn't cost anything. I thought it cost a lot. And it took me years to make the decision to accept Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you, I'm so thankful that I did. Because I had a baby girl. I had seven kids. And the, the inclination is to think that you're not cool enough if you're telling them about Jesus. You don't want to tell your kids about God. You just kind of want, to, want them to see the example and you want them to live it, you know. And I remember the time sitting with her in a little church and just talking to her about Jesus. And we were singing this song that I love the Lord. I love the Lord. He's a heart fixer, a mind regulator, made a way out of no way. And I remember her little attitude when she put her hands on her hips and she sang that little song. And I said, you know what that means? And she talked to me about it. And she said, yeah, I know what that means. I said, don't you want Jesus to come and live your life? And, you know, and I'm talking to her. And, and she said, Yes, I do. And she accepted Jesus. When she was 33, she went home to be with Jesus. And the first thought I had after the horrible feeling that I had in my heart, the first piece of comfort that I had was I didn't miss that opportunity. I didn't miss that. I don't know how many times I've had the opportunity to tell people about Jesus, and I probably did miss it. But I don't ever really want to miss it. There's times when God tells you to hold your peace. But for the most part, don't let it be because you're afraid and scared and that spirit of scared is partnering with you. Don't let it be because you're shy and all that. And when Jesus paid so great a cost to give you, to deliver you from shyness and fear, go ahead and walk all the way in your Holy Spirit salvation experience. And don't allow the darkness to take anything from you. And don't let the enemy get people and, and cause people to walk away from God. You don't have to worry. It doesn't cost you anything except to tell the truth about what happened today when Melissa began to prophesy and, and, the, and the word began to come. Did you see how free that was? That was the beauty of the Holy Spirit. It draws you. All you have to do is tell them. 
and just tell them, don't leave any question in your mind that Jesus didn't love you. I remember thinking, Jesus didn't love me today because I didn't see two people walking down the street to tell me about Jesus because I just thought I was going to see people all the time. I hardly ever see people now walking out telling people about Jesus. Go treasure hunt. Get Kevin Detman's book and learn how to treasure hunt. Talk to Nate Harris. He'll tell you how to treasure hunt. Go out there and find your treasure. Find the diamonds. Find the people. Go to, um, go to the food pantry and minister over there. Go minister at your job. Minister uh, at veterans coming home. Don't be afraid. Make it a goal that one, at least one, a week, month, that you have met on purpose to tell someone about Jesus Christ. Is that okay? Okay, so I've got a couple of minutes left. And the people at home, I just want to say, if you might have been at Veterans Coming Home, and I just want you to send something online saying you were there and write your experience. I'd like you to, um, those of you who have a testimony that haven't experienced, to make sure that you tell someone, tell people about your experience. Um, my son Mario ministered with a man yesterday who gave his life to Jesus. Let me tell you, there were people healed. There were people delivered. And I believe that there are people here today that had an experience yesterday that maybe their hearts were broken, but God delivered them even. You don't just do this and not get anything. So great, I, I, I said all this, you already know all this stuff, but I wanna put a fire underneath you on your harvest season to cook that turkey a little bit, because let me tell you something, something needs to increase in us. If we believe that our God is good, I can't imagine that we won't tell people about him. Because if my food is good, I may tell someone about that good pie I made over there. And I want to make sure, look, let me tell you, we're talking about everything else. Tell people about Jesus. Don't leave his name out of it. Tell Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, say it out loud. It is the only way of salvation. And so my heart, God, my heart is that we will join together and know you in such a way that we declare your goodness to nations, to our neighbors, to our friends, God, to our family. God, that we'll get out of the fishbowl and stop just preaching to each other all the time and go take the message to the lost and the sick, and the shut-in, that will encourage those who need encouragement. Let me remind you that just because someone has Jesus, they may be in a weak state, and we want to go to the elderly, people who are, are lost, they don't have anybody. And that encouragement from the gospel of Jesus Christ encourages them and picks them up. And my message may not have been everything I wanted it to be today, but today's service was everything God wanted it to be. And I just declare the goodness of God over every person that's here. And I just declare that the goodness of God will pour over so much that God, you will start to remind them that you have a message of gold in them that will deliver a captive person and set them free. And I thank you, Jesus. Phil, Steve.
beautiful, simple reminder of the gospel message. And I think it's incredible to have Tori sitting up next to mom and all that the Lord's done in your life, Tori. And uh, it's incredible, even as we, we lose a sibling or, or a daughter, that mantle just lives on through the family. And that's what I've seen happen. Is that, is that mantle in her heart just live on through each of your other children as well, Sandra? And, um, could we just uh, stand up together? Thank you, Father. If I could ask the ministry teams to come down. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. I just feel like this, this message is really clear and, and really simple. And, and I feel like just a couple different altar calls this morning. And if Sandra, if you hear something else, please let me know. I think number one is if you haven't had a relationship with the Lord and you would know it because you'd be transformed. And that's an easy way to tell. If you've been transformed and, and you just can't believe what Jesus has done for you, then it, it's likely that you've had a relationship. But if you've never had a transforming encounter, with God, where you've been overcome by his love. And I would invite you this morning to come meet Jesus. Come meet Jesus, come meet the risen Lord. You know, we can do a lot of things. We can perform and we can perform, but it's the presence of Jesus that brings transformation. We can do all we can, but somewhere in it, we're reminded, uh, I believe it's Hebrews 4, just as God rested from his works, so we too should rest from our works and enter into his rest. Let's do that this morning. If you don't know Jesus, now's your opportunity. Just be bold and just come down. Just accept this invitation. He loves you and he wants to reveal his goodness to you. You know, unique in a, in a way you've never experienced it because he's a good father. He loves you, not because of what you've done right or wrong, because he is good. And it's what Jesus did right. It's what Jesus did right on the cross. So, Lord, we just thank you this morning. I just invite you, just be bold. This is the second invitation this morning. If you would like to rededicate your life to the Lord, then I invite you to come up this morning. And, and something very specific, if you would like to rededicate yourself to the message of the gospel. If you would like to rededicate yourself to the message of the gospel, then I would invite you this morning just to come up and come into agreement with these teams and they'll agree and they'll stand with you. So I just want to invite you in this morning, if your heart was moved this morning and you just desire to be compelled by the love of God to carry the message around you, then come on up and just stand with these teams. Thank you, Jesus. The third thing uh, that I would like to just ask for is, is for healing this morning. If you need healing in your body, um, heart healing as well. Um, uh, sometimes we can forgive, but it actually says that he came to bind up the brokenhearted. And sometimes we can forgive, but we still have a broken heart. And you might have forgiven someone that's hurt you. You might have forgiven someone this morning that has hurt you. But what I would ask and invite you this morning is to ask the question, do I still have a broken heart? Because Jesus says that he, he came to bind up the brokenhearted. And there's an encounter with the oil of his love 
that will bring healing to your heart this morning. So if that's you, if you feel like your heart has just been broken, you've forgiven, you've released, would you come up? It could have been a break for 40 years or it could have been a break that happened last week. Come on up. I just invite you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Just come out of your seats. Just be bold this morning. Come out of your seats. Let's just be bold this morning. If that, if that, that touches your heart, just come on up. Thank you. And I'd also like to encourage you that if you felt that in your heart you want, you believe that you're to go out and you're to take this message, that you feel a call to nations, you feel a call to your city, you feel a call to your neighbors, your children, and you're just not sure, you know, sometimes you just feel, I want to challenge you to take this time and let someone pray and impart to you. It really does work. The Holy Spirit can fill your heart in such a way that the Holy Spirit can make it bubble out of you in such a way that you are free and sweet. It's as easy as doing the line dance in a new place. Ask God to just touch your heart and just come up and let people pray with you and just impart to you. Don't miss this opportunity. This is the season when people need to know Jesus more than they probably ever needed in their whole life. Don't miss this opportunity.